This episode is sponsored in part by PTZ Optics. Why need a cameraman when you can just do it yourself? Visit ptzoptics.com for more information. Hey guys, it's time once again for the show that everybody's been waiting for all these five years that it's been on hiatus. Yes, it's been five years. I actually looked it up on YouTube. Episode number 131. It'll be a new season, obviously, but uh, we uh, started talking. We did this Saturday. If you were around, we did like an impromptu show, but this one has a little bit more planning behind. Broadcast Now, the show where we teach and we show you the ins and outs of live streaming, broadcasting, uh, all that good stuff to make your production look the best as it possibly can. And I brought on two of said good-looking broadcasters. We've got Mr. Marty McPadden from PodJam.TV. Uh, you brought me out of hibernation, obviously. So. <laughs> somebody, somebody had to do it, right? I mean, we, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. we, we had to, we had to get the band back together and, and Jeff will be joining in a few weeks, but we also have a new and upcoming streamer who's been kind of forced to do this over the last year, but, uh, learned a lot. Mr. Greg Terry from the Greg Terry experience on YouTube. Welcome you, Steven. I'm starting to feel like you're Andy Griffith, Andy Taylor, <laughs> and I'm Barney Fife, buddy. <laughs> Well, we're having a good time, and uh, we had a good time on Saturday, and we were able to uh, get this going, and uh, the folks, we have a bunch of guys over on HAPS, we see you guys, we've got people monitoring the chat room. Guys, we've got chat rooms on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Facebook, you can comment, we'll pull your comments up on the lower third, and uh, we'll, we'll have a good chat with you guys today and and i've titled today where do we go from here and it was just so fitting that today the cdc came out and we're not getting into politics we're not getting into anything like that but this whole online thing drastically changed in march of 2020 when everything got locked down guys everything was put on hold for the safety of the american people and people were forced to take their business online. Marty, your traveling days with what you do were done. Mm -hmm. Greg, your traveling days for your job were done, forced to go online. And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit today about, I saw some uh, folks in different uh, communities that I'm a part of on Facebook and other places that said, hey, why should I get involved and start live streaming now? I want to spend the first part of the show talking about this because I think this is important. Just like the beginning of the pandemic, people were caught, with lack of better terminology, with their pants down, where they, they were scrambling, trying to figure out how to do this. Webcams were flying off the shelf. They couldn't keep up with the demand. And now that same mentality is kind of creeping back in, and people are saying, why should I get started? We're at the end of the pandemic. People are getting vaccinated. People are starting to go back to work. Uh, trade shows are starting back up. Travel is starting to pick back up. Marty, let's start with you. What is going on, and, and should people be approaching it with this with this mentality? Uh, you're muted, buddy. Sorry. If you're a producer and you're worried about um, business going away, <laughs> in my opinion, it's not. Uh, I think that uh, this was going to happen anyways. Uh, the digital transformation was already underway even before the pandemic started. I saw it in my business. And I think the really the outside forces, the pandemic kind of just was the trigger effect to accelerate the, the transformation. 
So I can tell you my business with clients, I used to travel a lot by Stephen mentioned, and we did events. We also did live streaming. And I think during this past year, uh, I know the clients I work with have seen the um, benefit of live streaming, especially when you're dealing with businesses, especially the cost and the accessibility. And I think people viewing it have, have seen the benefit where, you know, they may not be able to, even in good times with no restrictions, they may not be able to travel for various reasons and live streaming and the technology is caught up where they're able to participate now. And, and one of the things I call Stephen is I call it, uh, the age of particip participatory media. No longer is it mass media, but unless you're allowing the audience to participate and become part of the show, I think you're going to see a lot of mainstream media have trouble uh, competing. Uh, now everything's on an even footing, but as far as uh, producers or people thinking that things are going to go back to where it was, no. I, we were talking pre-show how technology marches on. And I think, you know, again, it was accelerated and it's just going to continue. And I'll tell you, it's very, very exciting time. So if you're a producer, it's just starting. Greg, what, what about your take? I mean, as a missionary, somebody that travels the world, should they be complacent? <laughs> no. Uh, as Barney Fife would say, it's time to load up the one bullet and get rolling because I think it's just at the beginning, to be honest, Stephen. I think the coronavirus, the global pandemic, just initiated and accelerated something that was coming anyway. Let's think about this practically. It takes three weeks for a human being to make a habit. Right. If you're going on a weight loss plan. You're going to exercise. You're starting something new in your life. It takes three weeks, 21 days straight, to build a habit. Not only have we, have, have we been in this for 21 days, we've been in this for 365 plus days. So whether it's on the business side, whether it's on the church side, whether it's on entertainment and gaming, whether it's on the television side, people on the other end of the camera that rely on technology to bring them the services needed, whether it's entertainment or work, family this is in no way going backwards in fact it's just going to continue to accelerate um, because i believe companies can see more profits now churches can see more benefits now um, for me personally <laughs> over the past 15 months we've built a tremendous connection um, both here locally i'm from pennsylvania nationally in the u.s and internationally through consistent broadcasting. So no, now is not the time to back up. On the flip side, we're just getting started. Yeah, and I think people could see, and I, and I you know, we saw this week, um, you know, the, the, the main pipeline that feeds the East Coast of the United States was hacked. And, you know, that people say, well, what does that have to do with broadcasting? Well, no gas means no driving to work. So, you know, you don't need a global pandemic to still need to broadcast. And I think that's where people are not quite grasping this, right, Marty? I mean, they're, they're, they're seeing these things, but they don't realize that, yeah, maybe we won't have another global pandemic for another 100 years. Maybe we'll have one in 20 years. You need to be ready and you need to be gearing your business to have that. I guess, are we calling it a hybrid where it's half online, half is that, is that what we can call it, a hybrid environment now? 
Is that, is that a safe thing to say? Yeah, I th I think so, Stephen. Uh, I think you may raise a good point. The the events you mentioned, the pandemic, the uh, the hacking of um of Colonial, the pipeline, those are just trigger events. Uh, yes. And I think Greg was saying this that the transformation was already underway, and again, this just a lot of these events just accelerated and get and actually give companies a reason to dive right in you know with both feet a lot, a lot there's sometimes there's hesitancy when something's changing that that fast and that dramatically but it gave but it, because it became the only option and now they see the benefit of it and you mentioned hybrid events i before the pandemic my last trip was uh march 2020 in chicago we did an event and it was just starting that we we're having that we knew that this was going to be it and we we're going to be shut down for a while um I, I think all these events, and, and I think a, a good example of that is NEB, uh, CES, uh, South by Southwest, they all went digital. They'll come back, and I think CES just announced that they're going to come back, but it's going to be different. It's going to be what you mentioned, a hybrid, where the actual physical event won't be this huge event. will be much more targeted. will be people that want to travel, but they're all going to have an stream, uh, online streaming component to it. And it's going to be both. You you see it now with the like the Apple keynotes. I mean, those keynotes are very well produced. And what would you rather do? Would you rather have a live event, especially if you're demonstrating something, and maybe something go wrong, or would you rather pre-produce something, and then maybe have like in Apple's case, my prediction for them is they're going to go all in on hybrid, mm -hmm. where they'll still they'll still invite people to the Steve Jobs Theater. It's a beautiful place there. But their main pr presentation will be a very slickly produced presentation where they have full control over the demo. And then they'll have the hands-on area and they, they'll combine it where you'll guarantee you'll get people to press and, and, and influencers to come there and, and see the event and then have the, uh, the, um, the hands-on area. Yeah. Um, so it's a great combination. I mean, I'm not sure if you catch those Apple keynotes. I don't see them going back. Why would you? Those well, are incredible, incredible uh, productions. And Greg, what do you think about what Raj's comment is on over in Haps? He said, uh, hmm, on the business side, networking just doesn't cut it over Zoom. And also people want hands-on. What What's your take on that? Because yeah, that's tough. I was watching Raj's comments, and I really appreciate them and understand them. Um, however, with that said, I do a lot of work in California. I lived in California. Um, I've got a lot of friends connected in the Silicon Valley, dear close friends. They work for Google, they work for Intel, they work for Cisco Systems. Um, these people, and I, this is public information, I can go ahead and share it. These people working at these high-tech companies have already been told, and, and these are not you know, clerical workers, these are engineers and people that have been with these companies since they started up. Um, they're never going back to in the office 40 hours a week. They will be working hybrid from this day forward in those high-tech companies. There are many reasons, and I'm going to address Raj in just a moment, but <clears throat> there has been a change. If you think about it, when, uh, let's go a couple thousand years ago, when farmers were exchanging seashells to buy products. And then along came gold and silver. 
what is this gold and silver? I use seashells. Well, after gold and silver had its life run, then we came to paper currency. Well, oh, you mean I can give a piece of paper and it has value? And now we're entering a new world of cryptocurrency. And we're not here to talk about currency or finances, but we're talking about the evolution of whether it's finance or technology. My friends are very clear with me. It's not going back. And these companies are being more productive. So yes. whether it is Marty talking about the keynotes or it's Google who has the employee for the hands-on meeting, Raj, once a week, you do your pep talk, you know, you do your socialization, but it is hitting the bottom line. These companies are able to be more profitable. Workers are getting more done. And as far as the Zoom side, well, we're going to be talking about some NDI stuff here in a little bit that helps on the networking side. But regardless, there is a way. And I am convinced that networking actually does work over the Internet. Over the past year, I've built a growing network through technology, and I just don't believe it's going backwards. No, I, I kind of, I've been remote, I've been working remote for 15 years now, so I don't foresee that changing for my life. I mean, I, I, I've said this, Marty, we've had this discussion where I said, uh, when I used to go out to Telestream headquarters, I used to say, man, I got more done at home than I did when I went out there because I'm being pulled in 50 million different directions and going into different meetings. And the same thing's true here. Now, I haven't gone out to headquarters with PTZ Optics, but there's so much more I get done because all my stuff is here. I know how my stuff works. I can get the whatever I need done. And, and same with you. You're, you know, you make your own hours. You, you get, you get your stuff done. There's. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add something to that. Uh, ever since I, you know, left my full-time gig at ESPN in 2014, um, I've been remote all the, except for the times I travel doing the physical events. There are, there are, um, there are clients of mine that I've never met in person before, before that we've had for 10 years, never met in person. Uh, and they, and they pay us and we do jobs. In fact, most of my clients I've never met in person, you know, it's always been remote. Um, can you, am I, am yeah, I, I don't, I don't seeing... know why it's, you're, you're like rolling for some, yeah. reason, for some reason. <laughs> well, it... <clears throat> I'm going to refresh why don't you guys take it? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I never worked at ESPN, but <laughs> I've been working online uh, for the past 15 months when the global pandemic actually hit. I was in the nation of Tanzania. Um, I work all around the world, uh, traveling, speaking, doing music, now transitioned it. And listen. I'm still going to travel. And let's be honest, we're not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. We're just saying there is a hybrid coming and there is a transition that has taken place. To be quite honest with you, tomorrow I head to the Cleveland airport. I'm flying out to Sacramento, California. I've got a meeting in Sacramento um, and Modesto on Saturday. I'll be driven to Nevada. I'm speaking at an event on Sunday. And Monday morning, I'm flying back home. But now I've come to the position where 
I can pick and choose mm -hmm. to get the most value, not only for me, but also for those um, that I'm doing something for, whether it's on the ministry side, whether it's on the music side, whether it's on the funds, whatever it may be, um, this transition is taking place. And I think we got Marty back now. So we're yeah, we're yeah, we got him. So you go ahead and finish yeah. your thought. I'm just going to finish my thought on the other part of it is um, when you were mentioning, you know, uh, this transformation, part of it is timing where a lot of this streaming stuff and production wasn't possible five years ago. The pace of change is is increasing, and it's go and the, the, even the rate of change and the pace of change is going to increase over the next decade, two decades. So if you think it's fast now, hold on to your hats because they're going to get faster, right? So like Greg was saying, you, you know, we're not we're not going back. So a lot of this kind of lined up where you know you get outside forces, the pandemic being the trigger event, to kind of accelerate it. And we had the technology in place that made it possible. And then people start getting comfortable. We mentioned Zoom and all this, you know, everyone's been on Zoom. We talk about Zoom fatigue, but that's the real world. People are now setting up studios in their homes, even, even amateurs that are just office workers because they're on Zoom so much. And they're learning about, oh, maybe have some decent lighting. Maybe have a little microphone. We're an earpiece, you know, and, that, and have the camera, all these little things that we talk about. But it's, it's kind of like, we have our virtual world and we have our in-person world. The in-person is not going to go away. You know, we still crave right. that in-person contact. We're human beings. But Stephen, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as a summation of this is we're really going to a hybrid world, you know, where yeah, now we have options. Thing. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, Marty, I think when you made that statement, something just exploded in my brain. Mm-hmm. I think prior to the global pandemic, we did not appreciate the human touch. It became, you go to work, you get out of there as fast as you can, you get back to home. You got to go to an event, you dread going, you get it over, you get back home. Now, I believe we've entered the hybrid phase, broadcasting, internet, it's going to continue to grow. But we as human beings are going to value that personal touch and I believe that will have an increase of um, viability. It'll have an increase of fruitfulness, but at the same time, the technology, it's going to stay there. And that's why I think the word hybrid is perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a, uh, a conversation today with, uh, with somebody, uh, a client today that was like, yeah, we got some word that some of us are going back to the office and they like, you know, I spent all this time building the studio uh, you know, getting microphones and getting, you know, higher bandwidth and setting up, you know, a nice area where I can conduct meetings with potential clients, potential customers. And how am I going to do that when I go back to work? It sounds kind of funny. It sounds the opposite. Like, how am I going to do that when I'm in a, a, a an area where there's people right on the other side of the wall in, in uh, you know, a cubicle? I can't have these conversations like we're having right now talking in normal voice because somebody next to me is on the phone. So that's going to inhibit my ability to connect with a client. And I started thinking about that. I was like, you know what? I never realized it because I work from home. So this is this is kind of how, you know, this is your normal voice. So I think people are going to be shocked going backwards because of the way they've done it for the last year. It's changed their mindset of how they're interacting with their customers. So I, I agree with you guys. I think that going forward, 
um, there's going to be there's there's going to be some new ways people are doing these things. It's it's quite interesting. Um, and let's see here. Helen says over in uh, Haps, it also pushed people to become more tech savvy, and I, I agree with that too. That's a that's a great comment. Um, I, Greg, you I mean, let's just be honest. You you dabbled a little bit into this, but now you've like 110 percent dove into this well, to, my to wife learn it. always tells me that i'm 100 or nothing yes so <laughs> you know i mean just so you know the folks understand i'm a preacher i'm a musician i'm a motivational speaker that's what i've done literally since i was 16 years old i'm 48 years old of course went to school did all of those things um but that's just where my giftings have been. But I've always been a technology guy all the way back. You know, I was born in 72. I was with the Intellivision, ColecoVision, Atari, <laughs> growing up at the uh, arcade on the corner, dropping my quarters. Um, so my favorite game was Tech Tecmo Bowl with Nintendo. So I've grown yes. up through that. But even prior to going all in in March, April 2020, you know, we were dabbling. I like to make videos, in, in, entertain people, give them a good laugh, but um, had no idea what was coming. So I would just suggest, let's don't be afraid of it. Let's embrace it. You know, I really appreciate Helen's comment there that we are social creatures and we're not, and I don't think anybody wants to erase that, but it's going to allow us to increase the value of it and honestly, appreciate the gift of people that we've been given. Well, yeah, it, one last, yeah, one go, last ahead, comment, go ahead, Steven. Go. Uh, I think that we got two different things here. So like on the personal side, I totally agree with Greg. I mean, uh, we're, that's all coming back, which is great. You know, it's, it's we, we kind of got through the dark times here. And so I'm getting out there more and that, that'll never go away. That's always, that's always, that's going to go back, you know? On the business side, it's a slightly different story because you have all these options. And I think the key, and I found this in my business is, you. I mean, Stephen, we talk about it all the time. You always have to be learning something new. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, I can do a couple of things. I, I'm audio editor, I'm video editor, I'm producer, live streamer, what I do this for a living, but I've never stopped learning because there's always something new. I mean, Stephen, you've gone through this where, it's, I mean, it's exciting too, which is great. If you, I look at it as, man, what's the next thing? What's the next, well, how can it help me in my business? How can I help my clients? You know, what, how can we do this better? And, uh, you know, you go back five years, we were doing this completely different five years ago. And we're going to, you know, Greg teased it a little bit earlier. We're going to be talking about NDI. That's something that wasn't around five years ago, you know, and now, and you go and people that are used to SDI and all this physical connection, that's a whole new thing. And enables people with a lot less equipment to do some interesting things. You go through all the stuff that's happening. So always be learning that new thing and treat it as an opportunity instead of like, oh, something's got to change. What, I got to learn something new? What, is it going to take something away from me? No, it's going to add something, you know. And that if you're going to be in this business, just be prepared that you always have to be learning, always have to be getting better. I mean, I'll I can never, as long as I'm in this business, I can never imagine myself stopping I'm always looking for the next level. Yep. You know, I mean, and so, so don't think you know everything. You never do. I, I don't, and I, and I never plan to. So, 
Well, it and it's interesting that you bring that up and the nice segue into it because that's what we want to talk about, it. NDI going into this because it was important. And I figured piggybacking this with what we were just discussing is something that uh, I think you guys will find beneficial. What is NDI is probably the question. Some of you guys were like, what is NDI? Before I show you a quick video of what NDI is, just know that this technology that was created by the folks over at New Tech works with OBS, which a lot of you guys that are gamers are watching this, it works with that. It works with Wirecast. It works with vMix. It works with TriCaster. It works with a lot of the switching software elements that you have out there, free and paid. And most of the stuff with NDI is free. So you can utilize that in your live stream productions to make your life easier. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but if you want to know what it is, this video is going to help you understand what it is. Around the world, storytellers are embracing IP technology to create and share their messages. And that's a good thing. At NDI, we've been thinking and working with IP for a long time. And for us, this is much more than just replacing special cables. It's more than just a new kind of connection. It's a new kind of universe. But don't worry. IP is technology you already have. So now we're using it to make storytelling better, more flexible, even more profitable. In a world where any device can connect to every other device, a deep change starts to happen. The entire process is immersed in one environment where everything can see everything. Imagine two switchers on a network. This one has eight inputs, so does that one. And this one can take that one's output as a source. But wait, why can't this switcher choose from any of that one's sources? The answer is it can, because this is NDI. Now try 10 workstations on that network. Try a thousand, with everything transparent to everything else. On the network, all sources are equal. You want to cut to that live shot over there? Take it. Technically, it's possible. Of course, we can't route everything everywhere all the time at max resolution. But we don't have to. Because this is NDI. Ultra-efficient encoding and management allow us to get the right video source to the right place at the right time, all the time. And don't forget, unlike all of those proprietary cables, IP is a two-way connection. Every source is also a destination. The limitations of the old ways of working are being left behind. And NDI has emerged as the content over IP standard. Putting the power to deliver stories with thousands of products in the hands of millions of users. Just as the advent of shared media storage changed the way we did post-production, Massively shared media sources are reshaping content creation. History shows us that increasing flexibility is always a good thing. Maybe producers will enjoy the freedom to pop up a control room anywhere there's an Ethernet port. Maybe total access will help serve up more content to more outlets, fast enough to keep up with demand. 
Maybe that new flexibility will make it easy to snap together talented dream teams from anywhere in the world. Whatever the future brings, it is being accelerated by IP technology. What's important is to embrace these advances and move with the world. If you can harness the inevitable, you can make the most of it. This is how we think about it. And this is what we do. We're NDI. So you guys can see the power of NDI, and hopefully that didn't, uh, you know, kind of go over your head. A lot of you guys that are wanting to get in the broadcasting, that is a video that's up on NDI.tv, so I want to give credit where credit. I didn't make the video, but I, I thought it was a way that it would explain how NDI worked in a term that everybody could understand and how, you know, we use it. I'm bringing Greg, I'm bringing Marty in through NDI. I have cameras that are connected through NDI. Uh, in fact... You know, I have a camera that's overhead. There is no SDI connected. It's 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 brought in through NDI. Um, and you can see here's the production area. Look, I'm moving my hand. It's all in real time. It's all over NDI. I, the screen captures, if we want to show a website, um, I can pull that up. That's over NDI capturing it right here. This is all done with the ability I can come in here it's just a little application that sits in your little bar down here, like on a Mac or PC that you can run. It's free. It captures your, your screen. And Marty, how has NDI changed your life? If somebody's sitting out there right now and they're saying, well, this kind of looks cool, but I don't know how I would implement it. How has it changed your life to make your video production easier? Well, I, it's funny because it's, it's, can seem like a very advanced concept here, NDI and IP and routers and all. Well, think about it. In the past, if you wanted multiple cameras or maybe like you were bringing that browser in, you need the computer, you need a lot of cables and wires and SDI or HDMI. And sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. You know, it's all the connectors, a lot of points for failure and a lot of complexity as far as wiring, and especially if you went out on the road. But with NDI, most people have a router, you know, broadband, they have a router. Uh, you may have Ethernet or, already run. And all NDI, NDI is, is video over IP or over a network. And what that enables you to do is a lot less cabling, you know. So if you have a, for, for instance, like you were bringing that browser in, if you have a computer hooked up to your network, you just launch an NDI application on the computer, the scan converter. And then you have a, you know, you may have a software switcher like vMix or Wirecast mm -hmm. and both of them have NDI and you're able to bring that source in over your network and show it on your show as a, as a video source. Same thing with cameras. A lot of cameras have built in NDI. I know you have some PT, I think the PTZ optics mm -hmm. have NDI built in that you're bringing in. Uh, so it just enables uh, a lot more flexibility. Uh, and really the advance is it used to be where video would be a bandwidth <laughs> hog where it would take a lot of bandwidth on, on cables. And that's why you needed these HDI or SDI cables and the computer networks and, and all that technology didn't have the bandwidth to be able to carry video in real time. Now you do, you can have HD, you know, HD video, multiple streams over a network, especially, especially a gigabit network. And you're able to trans, and then the technology is really the secret where the you know the compression and the different different uh, formats 
that enable this to happen. Uh, and it just, it just, it actually makes things a lot simpler to bring things in. And a lot of the things you have, especially if you're just beginning and you're doing it from a home studio, a lot of your sources may already be on your network. And yep. so you're launching an application and it's just a simple, like I have a computer here and now my setup today, and I want to ask this as we go launching the show, I've gotten away from being on camera. Last time, I think Steven, we were doing this like five years ago. So my setup is really simple. Yeah. My setup is really simple. So I want to implement some of this stuff as we, I'm using me as a lab rat and bringing my (laughs) setup back. I'm back, baby. Right. So I'm going to be implementing all this stuff. So stuff we're talking about, yeah, we want to see it, but that's enables me to do it a lot easier because I don't want to lay a lot of STI cable around. Well, I want to make things simple. And Greg, when you started doing this, I mean, the way we used to do it is buy a capture card for everything. Like you needed a capture card to capture your desktop, you know, unless you were using like a Wirecast or something. You've been able to get into this. Use NDI. How has it changed your production? Well, let's let's look at it. It's very simple. At first, to be quite honest with you, Steven's been dragging me along (laughs) quickly in the technology world. Um, So let me just be honest. I don't have the extensive knowledge of somebody like Marty on the backside, but <laughs> I'm a 100 or nothing. So honestly, when Steven started talking to me, okay, Greg, we need to roll NDI with you, your personal studio, your church setup, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going NDI. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So of course now network device interface, but here's a couple of things. Don't be afraid of it. To answer your question, it's cheaper because if you're running with SDI or let's say you're even trying to run um, HDMI, you still have to convert it into a USB to get into your computer. You're now purchasing $150 interface card. Um, so there's a financial financial side that in the long run, NDI is much cheaper. Secondly, NDI, you can think of it as a super highway. This is how I've learned in my own wiring in my head. It's the super highway because like in my personal studio, I mix with vMix. I'm running many, many, many inputs for my news program. I've got NDI inputs rolling left and right seamlessly. I stream from one machine. I'm running four monitors. Praise God, we saw the mess coming and built a monster computer while there were still chips available but ndi makes it seamless now the super highway of ndi is this ndi does video it does audio it allows ptz functioning and operation of your cameras it also will power poe it will power your cameras so you're talking about a multifunctional system that is called NDI over a Cat6 cable with a switcher. It is phenomenal. And here's the last thing that I would add, Stephen. Let's say you're in a church setting and or you're in a business setting and you need to have four cameras for what you were setting up. And your cameras are not close to your mixing set, set up or station. You're having to run long distance cameras. If you're running HDMI, 
Now you've increased the cost because you're going to have to have extenders. If you're SDI, you're going to have to have the same type of extenders. Or what on SDI? Um, then you go about 600 meters with yeah, SDI. Yeah, 600 meters, but there's still something you have to get. I was looking it up. Oh, yeah, BNC connector needed to connect the devices, and then it's too expensive because you have to still run other equipment. Cat 6, NDI, piece of cake setup. <laughs> you can run it as long as you need to run it, and it's just golden. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I'm not at the level of knowledge, but I'm enough to be dangerous right now. Well, and, and to be fair, my mobile setup, if you guys follow me on Instagram or on LinkedIn, I, I posted that. I'm only connecting my cameras over Ethernet. And uh, Jeff Rainwater in the chat, he was in here on Saturday. He says, but you know what? You can get HDMI to USB converters or capture cards for $13. You don't need a $150 interface. I use it for the iArcade. And he's right. I have a bunch of those you know, $15 to $20 capture cards. The problem with those versus a Magewell that's $300 is the quality. They're doing extensive compression on that. So for for a video game that is retro, it's perfect. And, and in fact, when I recommended these to some of the gaming guys, it's perfect. I would not use it for my PS5 doing 4K. I use my Magewell. Um, if you're on a budget and you just want to stream and the Internet's compressing it, you can absolutely get away with it. So... Again, it comes back to like you get what you pay for. Do they work? Absolutely. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they don't work, and I don't think it's a you know a bad option. But it's kind of like the microphone thing, right? You can get a twenty dollar mic, it works. But then when you get more experience and you buy a two hundred dollar mic, now that you're used to using it, you hear the difference. It's something that you have to you, you just kind of learn. Like back in the day, I used a Radio Shack mic, and Greg's over there going, oh. <laughs> you know, you could drive ha you could drive nails with these things. They put the sure to, to, to shame, but they sounded like you were driving nails with it. I didn't know any better, you know. So, Stephen, just to validate your point, when you first set me up, um, you know, a, a year ago now, and were help was helping me to build. You were helping me to build the studio. Mm -hmm. um, we started with some cheap capture cards. Yep, and they were okay, but one conked out i wasn't getting the detailed quality of of things that i was streaming retro gaming no problem yep but if you're going to try to do stuff in 4k um you know you switched me to the mage well the other thing that i was trying to remember because we use it and are going to be switching to it at the church uh steven's been guiding us is with the ndi system your tally lights mm -hmm. for, for multi-camera use you're cooking man so it's it's a it's a winner. You know, it's it's funny. Marty, go ahead, Marty. He he oh, brings up about he, the tally lights. Go ahead. Yeah, the other thing I want to add as far as you're talking about the uh, NDI and the wiring is, you know, again, most people have home networks. Think of it this way, you know, and also the value of Ethernet and Cat6 cable, you know, versus Wi-Fi. So if you're going to get into this, it's probably worth it to think about, oh, you know, when you when you set up your network, do cable runs to wherever you're going to be in the room and you just do that once and depending on the extent extension of your of your studio or your setup 
then you just plug in this. This would particularly work well in a church environment where you may need to have long cable runs. If you have a network there, if you're just laying in cable and maybe you put a jack on the wall, you're all set. And then you just plug it in and you're, when you're ready to rock and roll and, and you go versus laying out these SDI cables or HDMI cables even worse because, you know, I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't go much more than 10 feet. Uh, even with an extender, because you're going to run into sync issues and all kinds of transport issues. SDI will run longer, but that's more complicated because you got to lay it all down. It's one purpose. Having a network, you do, you know, build out your home network, then it's a multi purpose because then when you're not broadcasting, you still have a nice network. You know, you just plug in and then whatever is on your network, you just select. So there's tons of advantage that way. And I think, especially, we talk about it being complex. I think the value is really for the beginner because most people have that already. And then if right. you're just launching software and, and you don't have to deal with a lot of like, what's an SDI, like Greg, you mentioned DNC cable, but most people don't know what that is. It's yep. like, you don't have to deal with that stuff. You can get into it. And even with the cheap, cheap converters. Yeah. I mean, you know, start where you are. That's fine. You learn how to use them. And then you'll want to upgrade because I, you like Greg I was saying, it. you want to upgrade your quality. And you can, and as you get into it, oh, I want to stay with this. And then that's how you, and you kind of go up the chain and you upgrade, you know, from there. So. And that's what Lindsay's saying in the chat room, you know, there's some letters, so much fun, NDI, SDI, HDMI, and, and she's right. It can get confusing, but you mentioned about these, these cheap converters. So to, to, to Jeff's point, I didn't want to spend $350 on a AJA HDMI to SDI converter. So I went the cheap route. And I bought ones that were $15 that powered via USB. Some of them were great. Some of them still work to this day. But Steven, I had a few also, that died. As Marty, as Marty was saying about a church application or a business application, when we wired our building for our retrofit and we went very high tech in 2016, we, we were not profits. We were just ahead of the curve. You know, you know, I just looked on Amazon right now. An average cost of a 100-foot SDI cable is 80 bucks. Mm -hmm. 100 feet of Cat6 is 18. When we ran the cables in our in our church setup in our broadcasting, that allowed us to run multiples for backups in case there were failures. Something happened. Uh, Squirrel got in the place and chewed one of them up, whatever it may be. It is much more economical. Um, and I know many of you out there, and I, I appreciate that comment with all those um, initials there. I'm just going to be point blank honest. 15 months ago, I was afraid of all of these things. NDI, SDI, CAT6, switchers. But you do your due diligence, you get into a relationship, you get on the programs like broadcast now, and you begin to learn, and that fear goes away quick. Yep, and, and I want to take you guys on a journey because I was talking with Marty, and I think Greg, as you said something to you, I know I was talking to the guys at work. Um, I want to go inclusive all NDI in the studio eventually. I want to upgrade the TriCaster to the newer one and go all NDI. I have a network, and my network is very extensive. I have net switches throughout different areas. Greg, you know you've seen it. I have them different areas so I can troubleshoot quicker. 
I'm actually thinking if I go all NDI, I'm going to create another network within the network, and I'm going to document it with a video. And I'm going to get another router that's going to just control the NDI signal so I don't have any bottleneck, as you said earlier, Greg, about the highway, right? I want that highway with no cars on it, and I want the video signal going down that information highway as fast as it possibly can. So that's something that's going to be a huge upgrade for me. But a lot of these cameras, like the PTZ Optics cameras, they have SDI on the back. And I've already run the SDI here. I've run it really clean through the ceiling. I'm still going to hook it up because you mentioned something really key that people didn't, you know, maybe didn't catch on. Squirrels, right? You're like, well, what if we get squirrels that chew the wires? I'm going to keep that there. What if there's a network outage? What if my router just dies one day? I still need to be able to bring that video signal in. If I leave the SDI hooked up, I could still bring it in at least to do a show. Maybe I can't get all my cameras, but it's enough that I could do a show with it. So, Can I give you a real example of a squirrel? Sure. When we were installing our system and we had not yet, and Stephen, you know our system inside and out, mm. we were in the initial installation of it. We had the cat six cables just laying on the floor up against the wall and we were running everything live for weeks at the church broadcasting doing programs having services but our janitor and the vacuum cleaner got a hold of our cat <laughs> oh man hey i'm talking Eek. about a squirrel on steroids buddy <laughs> not a good combination oh, <laughs> how thankful we were that it was just cat six yeah, true. Like you say, when, you're, when you've got the prices there. So right. one of the things that we want to do next week, we are going to bring on Matt Davis. He is the lead engineer over at PTZ Optics, and it's not to talk about PTZ Optics cameras. We want to talk to him about how the workflows are changing and, and where he sees video going. And, and being an engineer, um, and I work with him as a broadcast engineer, but being you know a true engineer who's in there, developing these tools that we use for video. I think it's going to be very, very interesting to talk to him about these topics. And one of the things that we wanted to do on this show is not just sit here and talk to you guys, even though that, that, is, that is fun. We wanted to provide you with some tips. We wanted to help you create ways that you could produce video that much better and not break your bank. You know, yeah, we've got some fancy gear here that costs a lot of money, but we didn't start there. And there's different tricks that you can do to not break the bank, but have a good turnout. So check out my tip here of the week. Hey guys, I wanted to give you a quick down and dirty tip here for broadcast now. And as you can see, you know, hey, we've got chairs where I sit on and, you know, I like to vacuum the floor, maybe sweep up the floor. But how can I get my chairs back in the exact location I need it for to be on camera? And this is a cheap, easy technique that you can do. And... It works. If you notice, I've got gaffer's tape on the floor with X's. So I can literally grab my chair, move it back, put it right over top of that gaffer's tape, and know that I am in the exact location that these chairs need to be in for optimal spacing for either a green screen or just to be on camera in the front. And you can pick this stuff up. As you can see, I have a bunch of it here. I also have duct tape. I buy a bunch of different colors, and if you look under here, it'll glow. I use these a lot for marking different things. I'll also mark sometimes on the side. If I'm doing a green screen show, I'll mark on one of these boards. I'll mark a, an X so I know to look over that way so it makes me look like I'm looking at the person in the double box. 
But this has been your quick tip here on Broadcast Now. So, guys, you really don't have to spend a lot of money to get some good results. And you noticed I was using, as I stated in the video, the colored uh, fluorescent uh, tape here. And, and it is. It's to grab your attention because I've done some shows where it looked like Greg and I could be sitting next to us or, or Marty. And it, we're in a big virtual set that looks like something from ESPN. Well, I want to be able to turn and look at them. Well, over there, there's no monitor and there's no camera. But it still gives the illusion that I'm looking over at Marty and Greg. So a way that I can catch my eye really quick is put this on the wall. So it's just a cheap little trick. Uh, yeah, exactly. Jeff uh, uh, Rainwater, he puts this in here. In fact, it was a show that I did with P-Dubs uh, for, for At Games. Um, he said, I've seen you do that and look over trick with P-Dubs because it made us look like we were sitting right next to each other. So it's a little trick that you can do. Just get yourself some gaffer's tape. Take me off the camera. What's that? Because I feel like I'm on the Brady Bunch intro. We're all looking <laughs> around at each other. I'm losing it. We're losing it. That's all right. That's all good. You'll get used to it, Greg. <laughs> we'll look around. Hey, I could do the quadrants. We could do it that way. There you go. We'll do that next oh, week when Matt's here instead of doing the – No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll do that. But that's a, that's a little technique that you can use. Um, and we'll get into stuff with, like, tally lights and what that is. And I'll show you a poor man's tally light that I've, that I've done in the past. It doesn't blink. It doesn't do anything. But it's a way that you can identify quickly what camera is what camera. So if you're, you're setting up a switcher and whatnot. But these are some of the things that we, we kind of want to get into. We all have different tricks. I know Greg has different preparation tricks. Uh, I want to get into some, like, we talk about muscle memory. You know, going through your setup, I have a regiment that I do every week, and it might look funny. If my wife came down and watched, she'd be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing it in that order? It's muscle memory. It's how I do things, and I make that's why everything is always turned on. Everything always works. Uh, it's that, it's pra that's just as much as important as having good gear, good sound, good video. You got to make sure everything works, right? So... We could get into some of that stuff as well. Uh, There's lots of tips. I mean, time management, being prepared, you know, it, it's going to be fun and exciting, man. You, you got to be locked and loaded and ready to go so that pressure is not on you. So you can enjoy yourself when you're broadcasting to people. If you're not enjoying it, it's not the thing for you. So you want to enjoy it. And relieving the pressure off of yourself is, is absolutely key. Yeah, and you can't lose it, right? And that's something uh, I've been learning from Chris. Chris, uh, a buddy of ours, Chris, he just did nothing bothers him. And like, <laughs> we had an we had an incident. We kept our cool. We got through it. It was just really minute where the the joystick the joystick stopped outputting video to the screen. We didn't. I just said pull the cable, plug it back in, and it worked. So it was just. But you you keep calm. You get through it. Just like I know my gear, I know how my stuff works. If something happens, Greg can take over. Or Marty, like we had the rolling VHS tape earlier, Marty knows to disconnect. We get him back in, boom, no no harm, no foul. The show goes on. That's part of it, like like Greg's saying, you know, going through that. And, and as Marty adds his more cameras to his setup and <laughs> – We'll start seeing get, that. I, Steven, you're you're inspiring me. I got to get back. For the past year or, so, or a little bit more, most of my work is all behind the scenes, all a lot of editing, a lot of producing, a lot of – and so I've kind of let my on-camera game 
go a little bit. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring it back up. Well, so. Lindsay even <laughs> says Marty is rocking the glasses tilt trick that we talked about on Saturday. Even that's she, well, yeah. I'm covering it. my my Rodecaster Pro mixer. So if I take, uh, I, see, I'm getting that little reflection with the colored colored button. So I tilt my head. Uh-huh. You see the green. So I got little tricks I'm working on. So I'm all aware of that. So this is this is episode one of the new rebirth. So you know, yeah. it's it's going to be a it's going to be a whole trial. Oh, yeah. Greg will get a lot of kick out of this as we go through. <laughs> Steven's smiling already because he knows it's coming. So. Out, so it looks like I'm in complete control of my lighting. But I've actually popped my glass frames out. They're just sitting on my head, and I'm <laughs> blind as a bat. <laughs> Uh, Lindsay says a good co-host could steer the ship while the host is putting out fires. She's 100% right. That's something, if you're working with somebody doing a show, Greg, like, we'll go back to what happened earlier in the show where Marty was getting the VHS thing going. Greg jumped right in. I was able to cut to Greg full screen, you know, even though we had a little bit of flickering, and get it sorted, get Marty up, and he, you know, carried up. You need to be able to do that. And obviously, Greg's a show host. He knows how that stuff works. Marty used to do it as well. It's when you get the people that are, I call it like pulling teeth when you're interviewing them. Those are the people you pray that nothing happens during the show because you know you're going down if something happens because they're not going to carry it. I mean, we'll certainly get into some of these topics uh, as in future shows, but... You know, like you always want to know, you always want to know where you can go. Oh, like you're describing, Stephen, you have a backup system where if yeah. you lose a bunch of cameras, there's always a, maybe a safety camera that you can always go to and have a yep. simple setup. Uh, always have somewhere to go. Always, if you're planning a show, plan more than you need and produce on, produce on the fly where you're like, if you're doing an interview, you may have a list of 20 questions. If you get to five or eight of them that's great you know but if the like you mentioned if the person has one word answers you're gonna be glad you have the 20 because <laughs> you don't awful. know what's gonna happen especially in a live situation but always have a, i used to work in control rooms and i know i mean it's like you're they're literally producing the show in the break and they're shifting the rundown around and have to show they don't use but they prioritize it we, we'll get into all that stuff but you know have somewhere to go <laughs> so absolutely uh, Lindsay says guests that are new to streaming need to do pro or pre lives. No, that that's something we can get into too. Like why why I get people on a half an hour before the show. Um, I even sometimes do unpacking where we you know if it was a total disaster we get off the show. Okay, okay, what happened? What can we do to fix this the next time? But um, Nick Thomas, I saw you there. I put your chat up. Uh, great to see you. As always, but we, we want to get in these things and, and we want you guys to reach out to us. Let us know what you want us to cover. We've got some ideas of where we want to go. And I thought that was a good dynamic of getting Greg involved because after a year of going through this, he knows, he knows the trials and tribulations that are now involved with broadcasting. And sometimes Marty and I, we take things for granted. And Jeff was saying that to me the other day. He's like, you know, it's great to have that perspective because. We just think, you know, hey, this is the way we've done it for the last 15 years. So uh, Jeff Bradbury in the house, he says, great show today. So that's good. Um, Raj Cuddy made a good comment. What was that? Um, It's very simple. Guests with unstable internet, always another fun time. (laughs) So for your own personal studio, 
you know, always hardwire, always hardwire, yes. if at all possible, always. Uh, yeah, Wi-Fi is not your friend. No, I, not. You know, it's funny. I I talk to clients about this all the time. Like, it, if you do anything, hardwire. Yep. Because you're taking a you know chance with Wi-Fi, and I have different like in my production because I have different setups to uh, to kind of get around that whole Wi-Fi thing. But yeah, I mean, people, it, we'll we'll educate you during the show why we ask for people to wear earpieces yep. and hardwire, <laughs> among all the things, you know. So well, and Nick Nick Thomas says also cover some decent streaming cameras. Now I can tell you first and foremost, I know I'm using all PTZ Optics cameras, but I've used them even before I worked for the company. So I just want to stress that, um, Greg. I know you're using a PTZ Optics camera. Yes, sir. It, it, for his I have main to set camera. mine up. I have one, but it's not. Marty's slacking. Marty's got to get a background and a camera. <laughs> he does. He. <laughs> you should see him. He looks like he's in a newsroom like me normally, yeah. but he's 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 got the curtain. You guys are gonna keep here. me honest. I got to get my game going here. We're gonna we're gonna do that. So hello, hey, from... Jeff Bradbury. Look at him over there. I met him. Yeah, Jeff Bradbury's a good dude. Uh, yes, he does sir. a lot with uh, man. Teacher Cast in. Uh, with his uh, school. So this is always good information. This is what we want to put out there. Um, so we're going to have to wrap this up here, but let's do this real quick. I want to show everybody before we go. Uh, earlier on, we talked about NDI and what that was. If you go to NDI.tv and you want to download a camera for your Android phone or your iPhone, you can go there and download it to try it in OBS, which is free. It's free uh, switching software. Uh, the video that I played today is also there, but you can download what's called NDI Tools. If you come over here and you click Learn More, NDI Tools for Mac or Windows, you just download it for free, put your information in there, and you can start using what's now called NDI Screen Capture from Scan Converter. You've got a virtual webcam input, which is what Greg's using to get vMix into uh, the call-in system that we're using. There's a VLC plugin. There is a ton of options here that are free that New Tech makes available with NDI. So I encourage you guys, if you're using OBS, if you're using Wirecast, if you're using vMix, go check out these powerful tools. They're free, most of them, and they're going to do wonders for your production and help you get your video and your quality up without spending a lot of money. So on that Steven. note... Yes. No, Stephen, one second, because it's the last NDI show, and this thought just hit me when you were saying that, I don't know, what, two months ago, I was getting ready to go live. There was a new app I was introducing. A couple hours before go time, I'm panicking because I can't figure out how to get my iPhone in my vMix. I wanted to do a live demonstration. I called Stephen. Stephen says, NDI. <laughs> That's my answer so for everything it, now. There's a whole world there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. With like the NDI, you can actually capture your screen, not just use as a camera. You can capture like if you want to do reviews. It was perfect. Perfect. Yep. So, guys, go check it out. Also, go check out the Greg Terry Experience if you want to hear of some of his news insight. You can go over to YouTube.com/slash. Greg Terry experience. Um, we'll have the link also in the description of the video. Go over there and hit that subscribe button for him and hit that uh, notification bell when he goes live every Tuesday and Friday for his news program, the PG and Barney show. And then also for the church, he does his night of worship. That's uh, Wednesday nights 
Uh, help me out here. The first two are 8.30 because I usually catch them in the middle or yeah, sometimes Wednesday the Wednesday nights is 8 to 9. 8 to 9 Wednesday and then uh, 8.30 to 9.30 uh, for Tuesdays and Fridays, correct? Yes, sir. Thank you, Stephen. All right. So go over there and check that out. I'll get it. Uh, this is the first episode, and I got it that much. I'm, I'm happy. I did my homework. <laughs> so uh, also go check out this guy over here. I think I got all his information correct this time. You got it right. I did. I got it. Podjam.tv. Yes. You guys can head on over there. If you're interested and you need somebody to do your podcast or your live show, you can check them out. Podjam.tv. Podjam Productions. Marty McFadden. All his all his good stuff that he's got going on. As you can see here, he's got uh, design and illustrations. And he's helped me a lot with Final Cut Pro. Um, you can see some of the clients he's worked with here. But uh, really appreciate you coming out of retirement, as Lindsay put it. And uh <laughs> joining us here on the show i didn't really have to twist his arm though folks i didn't no, say anything you're you're you call and i'm i'm there so you know <laughs> you're, you're the only exception so <laughs> well it's kind of how it was i thought i'd have to twist some arms but that's how it was with greg he's like yeah what time when you want to do it let's go let's get it going uh and jeff jeff is kind of the same way so it's cool to have you know a great great bunch of guys to come on here that want to help educate the community and and come on here so uh, guys, I really appreciate it. Again, we're going to put this up on YouTube. I'll have to do some work a little bit, I think, to get it going with the podcast through iTunes. But eventually that's going to go where you can subscribe on iTunes, and it should be on Roku so you can watch it there or just, like I said, go on YouTube right after the show if you missed the first part, and uh, you can check it out. But, guys, we really appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next week for more broadcasts now. Till next time, keep it buzzing.